Welcome to New Life's weekly podcast. New Life is a United Methodist congregation established in 2011 in McChesney Park, Illinois. Worship is weekly at 5.30 p.m. with events ongoing. You can check us out online at www.findnewlifeumc.org and sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. I'm your host, Mark Myers, pastor of New Life, as well as our sister congregation, Sherland United Methodist Church, and our cooperative on-site mission, The Paper Angel Closet. This week's sermon is the fifth part and final part of our series, The Journey, based on Adam Hamilton's resource by the same name, preached on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Hear these words from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax lists. This first enrollment occurred when Quirinius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went there to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the guest room. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all those listening to your word and good news through our podcast this week. Please bless them, encourage them, and help them experience your presence and call on their lives. Send your spirit upon them and help them to hear your voice as they go about their week. Amen. Now, when I picture Jesus' birth, I imagine it to have been a magical night. Many books, films, paintings, and nativities would back me up. There, in a 19th century American-style stable, the light shone down from the star of David. Angels sang their hymns of glory, while shepherds came with their flocks to praise the new Lord Jesus, complete with a full head of blonde hair and beautiful blue eyes. Then wise men came with their magnificent gifts. I think there was even a little drummer boy. All of these things happened moments after Jesus was born, and Mary sat nearby, having had plenty of time to clean up and reapply her makeup after an effortless birthing experience. Of course, if we actually read the story, according to Luke and Matthew, we get a very different picture. This Advent, the four weeks leading up to this time, Christmas, We have been on a journey back over 2,000 years to experience what really happened. We have learned a lot. Mary was a 13-year-old girl from a small town with no name. Joseph was a 15-year-old boy from a small town, but a famous one. Because her pregnancy occurred before their marriage ceremony, their lives were surrounded with gossip. Joseph almost ruined his life to divorce Mary so that she would not have the threat of being put to death. They had a shortened engagement, not a full year like normal, but five months, and had a hasty wedding. They were forced to leave Mary's hometown where she was hoping to have the baby and return to Joseph's hometown because of the Roman census. Nine months pregnant, Mary had to make an 80-mile journey on foot through valleys, mountains, and rough terrain. They came to a home 
the home of Joseph's family, the home where they were most likely going to live until they had a home of their own. But the guest room was packed with other family members there for the census. For their privacy, they were encouraged to spend the evening in the cave below the house, the stable, where Mary could have the baby without dozens of in-laws spectating. Now let's read the rest of the story as told in Luke chapter 2. Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angel stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. Look, I bring you good news, wonderful, joyous news for all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the newborn baby wrapped snugly and laying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was gathered there with the angel praising God. They said, glory to God in heaven and on earth, peace among whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what's happened. Let's confirm what the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about the child. Everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. We don't really have a profession that compares to shepherding. Yes, we have farmers, and some of those farmers raise animals, even sheep, but they tend to live in houses, and the animals tend to have their own domain. The closest job we probably have was the cattle runners of the Old West, and we revere them as cowboys living a life of freedom and adventure. Shepherds in ancient Near East culture, now and then, weren't looked upon favorably. They were the poorest of the poor. All they had was their flock. If they lost their flock, they lost everything. So they had to live with the sheep, protecting them from thieves and wolves and other predators. They generally rented land and moved from place to place. They worked in groups so someone could be on shift 24-7. No one respected them. No one envied them. Most didn't want to be around them, perhaps on account of the smell. But that kind of treatment in life makes a person pretty humble, I imagine. These shepherds were the first to hear the good news. Now we picture angels with harps and halos and wings and beaming white. We even picture them as chubby babies for some reason. The word angel means messenger, and throughout the Bible, may angels appear as ordinary human beings. It is their messages, not their appearance, that tends to terrify people. So late into the night, among a group of shepherds, someone appears. That in itself is shocking. 
Then the messenger tells them that their savior has been born. Also shocking. Then dozens of other strangers appear out of the shadows and start singing. It's like an angelic flash mob. So on that night, the night Jesus was born, the message comes from God to the poor and humble. We cannot overlook that God first sent word that Jesus was born to the shepherds. Jesus came to save the poor. Jesus came to save the humble. Jesus was born to save those who were lost, looked down upon, and even forsaken. The new king would not reside in a palace, but in a simple stable. That says a lot about God. It says a lot about Christ. It should say a lot about us, his disciples, and how we live our lives and to whom we share ministry with. But the shepherds were not the only ones to receive God's good news. The verses we read about the wise men actually come after Jesus' birth in the Gospel of Matthew. We have often misunderstood these men to be kings, uh, mostly on account of the carol. Now, the word Matthew uses is magi, which could be translated as magician. Most likely, they were Zoroastrian priests from Persia. They would have been a mix of astrologer and astronomer, using both religion and science to understand the universe. God did not send them a messenger, but spoke to them through the stars, the very thing they were looking at. They traveled over a thousand miles, most likely, to Bethlehem, a journey that could have taken anywhere from three to six months. They went first to King Herod, assuming that it was his son who would be the new king. But they found the new king not in a palace, but in a house, most likely the home of Joseph's family. Maybe the home Joseph and Mary were living in later. We don't know. They did not arrive on the night Jesus was born. We know that. But months or years later, these magi were not Jewish. They were foreigners who practiced a very re different religion. But God called to them through their study and through their own faith to be part of the Christmas story. We sometimes forget that God loves people from other countries and God loves people who aren't Christians. God loves Jews and Muslims and Buddhists and God bless even Scientologists. God doesn't forsake anyone, even those who forsake God. God calls to all of us. As Christians, we have the opportunity to share with others how Jesus, our Savior, has changed our lives. Another important truth is these magi were rich. They brought lavish gifts over a thousand miles to this new king. Believe me, that was an expensive road trip. But this part of the story, even though it happened later, teaches us that Jesus is not only Savior of the poor, but Savior of the rich. We sometimes look down on the rich as much as we look down on the poor. But God looks on all people with love. So we must remember that Jesus Christ came to be born to all, not some. Now, three times Luke mentions that Jesus was in a manger or feeding trough. In our minds, this is a picture of simplicity and, and humility. And if that's all we see, we're overlooking a very important detail. A manger was where animals fed. 
And as we look at Scripture as a whole, we cannot neglect the importance of the baby Jesus laying in a manger. Moses said one cannot live on bread alone. Jesus would reiterate that. And Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is house of bread. It literally means house of bread. Jesus would say, I am the bread of life. On the night Jesus was betrayed, he would took bread, he would take bread, break it, give it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. At his birth, Jesus is laid in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. Is this just some coincidence? Or is God pointing us to the nature of who Jesus is? Here at the manger, we come to understand the human condition and the cure for that condition. We were made to be in relationship with God and with one another. I truly believe that. That relationship was supposed to be perfect in love and understanding. But in reality, our relationships are rarely perfect in love. Our relationships are often broken because we hurt one another. We betray each other. We make bad decisions that lead to hurt and suffering. That brokenness leaves us hungry, wanting something more. Some people fill that hunger with addiction. Some fill it with one bad relationship after another. Others try to fill it with material things. Some feed it with power and fame. Still others search for it in philosophy and academia. There on a night over 2,000 years ago, God is showing an answer. The way to satisfy that hunger, to end our suffering, and to end the brokenness of our human condition is through that little baby in a manger, a baby born for the salvation of all the earth. The reason we retell this story over and over and over again is because it is our story. The journey Mary and Joseph would make is our journey. Like them, sometimes we find ourselves in impossible situations, out of our league and out of options. The journey the shepherd's on is our journey. Sometimes when we humble ourselves before God, God sends a messenger to lead us the way. The journey of the Magi is our journey. Like them, sometimes God shows us a path, even when we aren't looking to God specifically for the answers. The journey of the manger is our journey. I think we all sense a hunger deep within us. That hunger leads us all over, often causing us pain and, and even hurting others. Thankfully, 2,000 years ago, in a manger, the bread of life was laid. Jesus is God's love brought to life. Jesus is God's dwelling among us. Jesus is the salvation of all people for all time. This moment, silent or not, was the beginning of a new journey for humanity. And it can be the beginning of a new journey for you. Amen. This has been a recording of New Life Ministry. Learn more about us at www.findnewlifeumc.org and connect with us through our newsletter, Facebook, or Twitter. If you liked what you heard on our podcast, you can like it on iTunes or Google Play. Share it with your friends. Write a review. 
Also consider supporting our Paper Angel Closet, which provides toiletries and personal care items to homeless and at-risk youth, foster families and children, the families of those diagnosed with cancer, refugee families and families in need in our community. You can donate online or drop items off at New Life UMC 8301 Mitchell Road during worship in McChesney Park, Illinois. 6115 worship is every Saturday, including Saturday Christmas Eve at 5.30 p.m. Until next week, live knowing that you are a beloved child of God in heaven. Challenge yourself to share that love with all those you meet wherever you go and realize that with the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's body, the church, you can make a difference in your community and the world. Amen.